more than six months after the Almeida fire tore through the Rogue Valley and displaced thousands, some still have nowhere to go. Help has been made available in the way of FEMA trailers and hotel rooms, but these are temporary measures. For people like Pam Halbert, getting their life back permanently after their Phoenix home burned down remains an uphill battle. The mobile home was one of nearly 1,500 spaces that burned down across 20 local mobile home parks. I'm disabled and can't work anymore. I moved here to be closer to my aging mom on July 1st. So we were combining our households. She owned our home in Bear Lake Estates, Mobile Park. And we were doing deferred maintenance and fixing things up. It was an older home, but it was paid for. So we had our space, rent, and utilities, and we could afford that. Um, and then the fires came through and we lost it all, like so many others. So now we're trying to rebuild from the ground up, every piece of paper, every piece of clothing, every piece of furniture. The 1979 manufactured home Halbert and her mother lived in was worth about $45,000 when the Almeida fire destroyed it. New homes planned for the park, however, will start at about $120,000. We did get insurance, we were insured, um, but with an older mobile home, you don't get very much. So we have put all that money aside and we have enough for a down payment, but it's not enough to purchase anything outright. So that leaves us in the mortgage, have in the position of having to have a mortgage as well as paying space rent. So that's our dilemma. Uh, we feel like people are price gouging and benefiting off of our misfortune and um, so that's hard to take there have been a lot of good people along the way and a lot of you know good things but the market is trending upwards and then people like us that are displaced are so desperate that they're putting themselves into a bidding war situation and driving prices even higher Today on The Insider, I'll be speaking with reporter Vicki Aldis, who for months now has been reporting on cleanup and rebuilding efforts following the fire to get a bit more insight into what life has been like for people like Pam after the area's most severe disaster in modern history. Vicki, welcome back to The Insider. Thanks for making the time. Thank you for having me. So I just wanted to jump right into this. Um, I was hoping to start with, you could set the stage for me on this story so anyone listening who hasn't read it can get their basic rundown of what's been going on. Well, we had the Almeida fire in September 2020 here in Jackson County, which burned about 2,500 residential structures. We're talking about apartment buildings, houses, manufactured homes, but about almost 1,500 of those were manufactured in mobile homes. So that wiped out a giant chunk of affordable housing in the Rogue Valley, which already had been struggling with affordability problems. And the story explores how the parks are rebuilding, but the prices of the new manufactured homes that are going in are 130000 
even 180,000. So that's just not affordable for people who maybe they owned a trailer that was $7,000 because it was built in 1971 or a manufactured home that was worth 50,000 or maybe 80,000. If they had insurance, it just isn't enough to cover a new mortgage. And then when you throw in the fact that leasing the land underneath your manufactured home, that's running $600, $700 a month. It becomes almost as expensive as buying a single family home in a subdivision if you try to move back into one of these manufactured home parks in a newly built manufactured home. For the people who do qualify for help or have some kind of temporary housing during the interim, uh, what are the main current options? We still have hundreds of people living in local hotel rooms. Those are paid for by the state. And FEMA is providing FEMA trailers for people. And that's going to start happening in three of the local manufactured and mobile home parks that burned. We had 20 total that burned in our community. And then there are a lot of nonprofits and businesses in uh, Jackson County doing a lot to help people in other ways. We've got people housed in RV parks um, all over Jackson County, state parks, county parks. And many, many people are still living with friends and family. So we have more than 4,000 people were, were instantly homeless, and we just have them scattered everywhere, including some people who just had to leave and move out of the area or even the state, mainly because of the lack of housing. Yeah, the, the main takeaway for me in your story was that there is help available, but, but it's limited. And even for those who take advantage of it, it's temporary. That is a big frustration of the fire survivors because, you know, we've, we ourselves have done a lot of stories about help that's available, but the, the reality of it is most of the help is temporary and most of the help is, it's not enough to get a person back into a home. So they are still struggling. And even though maybe they're living in hotel rooms that are paid for by the state, or maybe they'll be among the lucky families that get to move into a FEMA trailer, that help will go away someday. And then they're they're kind of back to square one of, well, there still isn't enough affordable housing in our area. What were some other key points that you gleaned uh, during the reporting process of this? It was interesting because some of these manufactured home parks are owned owned and managed by national companies. So this is not a unique unique scenario. If a fire or a hurricane comes in and wipes out a manufactured home park, it wipes the slate clean. And often the company that owns or manages the park will decide to upgrade the community. They'll make it nicer. They'll make it newer. They'll add a better clubhouse, a pool. I mean, a lot of these Places are really great communities with amenities like a dog park or a basketball court, those types of things. So they build back, they make it better. It, it's, it will be a nice place to live. But for many, many of the people who lived there on the land previously, they just cannot afford the upgraded community. There's one manufactured home park that gave the first offer to move back into the displaced residents, but only about 10% of the burned out tenants decided that they wanted to be on a waiting list to buy a new manufactured home and move back in. 
Oh, wow. And, and, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, but like, so what does that mean for the other 90%? They're everywhere. They're just scattered around in different places. In the article, um, it talks about one woman. She's in her 60s. She's living with her mother who's in her 80s. They had just combined households before the home that they had, the manufactured home that they had was wiped out by the fire. So they've been searching everywhere. They went as far out as Weimar, which is about a 40-minute drive from the central area of Jackson County, Medford, Phoenix area. And way out there, they found a manufactured home that was priced at $110,000 with space rent of about $400 per month. But the woman went out in the afternoon and another person a potential buyer had gone in the morning and that morning person made an offer and that home was just snatched up off the market. So, you know, way out in the boonies, <laughs> you know, by the standards of people who live in more centralized communities in the Rogue Valley, but it just got snapped up instantly. So there just aren't a, a lot of options. After the story ran, a woman who is staying in one of the hotels who got burned out called me and she said that she's been diagnosed with cancer. She's living in a hotel undergoing chemotherapy and radiation. And when the state eventually stops paying for the hotels, which we don't know when that will be, she doesn't know what her future will be. She said, am I going to be out on the sidewalk with a walker and my cat? That's the future that she is envisioning while trying to undergo cancer treatment. This story was a massive undertaking because of how many people you talked to and the amount of research that you did. And, you know, one of the, the key points of this show is to kind of give a little bit more insight into the reporting process. So as always, I'm really interested in the process you undertook to report this and how long it took you to get all your ducks in a row. I've been working on this specific story for about three weeks, um, you know, on and off in between other stories. But about three weeks ago, there was a, a, an online hearing um, with fire survivors. Oregon legislators wanted to hear about the experiences they were having. And it just kept coming up issues with the mobile and manufactured home parks and um, the issue of the tenants being priced out. So I decided to start pursuing that um, and, and definitely talk to the, the managers and the, the owners of the parks about what they're going through um, as far as trying to bring in the manufactured, new manufactured homes. Um, obviously, you know, we're journalists and we want a well-rounded story. It's the tenants, but also the companies that are trying to provide the new housing. We want to hear their story as well and the challenges they're facing. And stories like this are never over, right? I mean, th this is something that, that you have written about extensively, about not just the, the fire cleanup, but about how this has affected everybody who, who was impacted. What's, what's next for you? What are, what are you looking at uh, next? We'll keep tracking the stories of the fire survivors. You know, we've been doing it since literally the day after the fire when we went to talk to the fire survivors who had evacuated and thousands of those people were sheltering at the Jackson County Expo um, out by Central Point. So we'll keep following their stories. Um, we knew from the beginning that it was going to be a, a long haul and a long process and so many challenges that are so difficult. It's hard not to lose hope. 
um, because it, it is so hard. It's hard to, to figure out what the answer is. And unfortunately, you know, we're Americans. We think there's an answer to everything, but sometimes there's not. Um, all we can do is try to figure out what are the, the best things that we as a community can do to help people. And since day one, there's been a huge, a huge outpouring of, of people wanting to help and trying to help. I think it's important to know that we can't forget about them. Um, they are getting some help, but there's just so much more that they still need. They're so exhausted at this point. Their adrenaline has run out. They're still trying to rebuild their lives and we just need to, to keep them in mind. Even if they're tucked away in hotels, if they're tucked away staying at their brother's house, we just still need to keep them in mind. Vicki, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you for having me, Ryan. <laughs>